Thanks for checking out today's episode of the FizzCast. Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard. If you're looking for any basketball stuff, you've come to the wrong place. Right. <laughs> we're pretty much doing only football, and then we're going to do some basketball recruiting. If you want anything with our full basketball coverage, we're actually, right after this, we're recording our full basketball preview podcast. So be on the lookout for that. We've got a, a doubleheader for you here We're today, catering to Leonard. all audiences. Exactly. So... With that being said, we're going to get into a lot of Syracuse football, what this Wake Forest win means, and and everything that's going on with this team, the craziness that is a 7-2 Syracuse team that is ranked number 13 in the country. Syracuse is good at football. That is a, that is a fact. They it are is, number 13 in the country, and they are good. Being top 13 in anything is usually pretty good. Yeah, and and they've got a good basketball team too, but we're talking about football because they're a football school for this moment Unless in time. Unless you're in like a baker's dozen box, then you don't want to be number 13. Yeah, that would be bad. That but And 13 sometimes unlucky, but hey, maybe they prove that wrong. Maybe not for Syracuse. And then we're going to get into some basketball recruiting. Quincy Guerriere is coming to Syracuse. Guerriere. Guerriere. <laughs> so we'll get into all that and a little bit more. Check it out. FizzCast coming up right now. Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. First time, long time. Tim Leonard, we are back. Officially, we are back. It's not actually our first time, but <laughs> it feels like it's our it's first like time. It's like our thousandth time, but hey. We're actually back because we had a listener complain. Yeah, that's, that we, that's we actually been, a fact. We haven't been churning out the content lately, and we apologize. <laughs> and it was more that we were preparing mentally to try to deliver this. Because let me tell you what, right after we're done with this one, we're, we're recording our basketball preview podcast. Our highly anticipated. Our highly anticipated Critically acclaimed yes. basketball preview podcast. That might get to two hours. We don't yeah. even know. We have no timetable set for that, but we're just going to keep on going and going right. probably. So we've got content. We'll have you set for your daily commutes. We got you. A shout out to Chris who emailed Tim. Yes, yes. About. One of the many emails we got. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we're popular but specifically guys. Chris. Yeah, but specifically Chris. Shout out shout to him. Out to we're Chris. back. Again, Sorry. This is one of those things like you tweet at us, you email us. We're, we're going to shout you out. We're going to shout you out. We're easily swung like that. So <laughs> this is the FizzCast, Tyler Rocky, Tim Leonard. Be sure to follow us everywhere online, orangefizz.net. I also found out we're actually online at theorangefizz.com, too. Yes, yes. That's so a new addition. We, this this is a poll material right here. Do you use orangefizz.net or theorangefizz.com? Well, I, I think orangefizz.net has an established brand. I did We've too. We've got to stick because to that. I didn't know that theorangefizz.com existed yeah, until like I, I couldn't even tell you how long it's ago. existed. Yeah, so. and I, I think listen, I, not not to to bash people, and this isn't even a bash, but I feel like we should just be orangefizz.net. It's right. like Facebook. You drop the the. It used to be the <laughs> Facebook. Just yeah. drop the the. The the is very fizz. weird. I'm also just kind of in on the dot .net. It's a little different. It's a little different, yeah. It's got its, its own flair. Right. Everyone's dot .com these days. Dot yeah. .com, dot .com. I mean, yeah. dot .net is where it's at. I, that's what we've established. I don't even think, you know, I guess it's better. We've got two different options. Maybe people type in orangefizz.com and it gets redirected to that. So that's a good thing. But, hey, I'm in on orangefizz.net. Yeah. We're also on twitter.com, too. Yes. Not twitter.net. <laughs> you won't find us there. Or, at orangefizz. Also, you are on Twitter. I am. Tim at, underscore Leonard 4. And I am at Tyler Rocky it's underscore. Shameless so plug. Shameless plug for us. You will find us on Twitter 
And you'll also find us on Facebook and SoundCloud and iTunes. Is iTunes Everywhere. iTunes isn't a .com technically, right? No, I don't think so. No. The iTunes... It's uh, not a .net either. Yeah, the podcast app, whatever it's called. Apple Podcasts. Everyone knows. If so, you're listening to this, you know that yeah. app. Subscribe to us there. Drop us a five-star rating. And, hey, reach out to us, too. We always love to have some company. So we've got so much to talk to. Again, we've had a little bit of a hiatus, so it's good to finally get back in the studio. Syracuse football, we're going to get to all of that. Uh, How about we've this got some, run? We've got some takes. <laughs> yeah. Again, we're not really going to talk about this upcoming basketball season in this podcast. That's coming up immediately after we're done recording this podcast in our comprehensive basketball preview show. Yes. So get ready for that. That's coming up in just a little bit. They'll release about the same time. and. We'll just talk about the basketball recruiting because Quincy Guerriere is a, a good thing. Yes, for this team he's program. officially so committed. He's officially in. Four he's commits in. now. I mean, this is shaping up lot. to be a yeah. It's a deep class, one of the deeper classes they've had in a while, and partially because of the scholarships and all that happened with the infractions from the NCAA. But Guerriere might be the best player in this class that they have right now, at least. I think Joe Girard is the player that everyone really wanted and might have been the biggest get because you protect your home territory a little bit with him. But Gary Ayer, who is not rated in the ESPN 100, a lot like O'Shea Brissett wasn't, right. he is rated in, on 247sports.com. He's, I think, 48th in that class for 24-7 sports. So I think that says a lot about just how good he is. He's an ESPN 100-level right. talent. If you watch his highlight reels, if you look at his stats in high school and these prep teams and so forth, he was a highly sought-after guy, Oregon, Illinois, and Syracuse in his top three. And it's easy to make the comparison to O'Shea Brissett, but he does have a lot of those same skill set. And now it's becoming a real thing that Syracuse has kind of a stranglehold on Canada and is pulling in a lot of Canadian prospects. Yeah, that's that's an extensive tease for what we've got later on in basketball with Tim Leonard. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's just start with football because that's what everyone's talking about now. This is unbelievable. I don't even know where to start with this, but Syracuse coming off a dominating win against Wake Forest. And I wrote about this on orangefizz.net and theorangefizz.com. Right. You can right. find it on both. The. The. OrangeFizz.com. I think that's Dino Baber's most underrated win as a head coach. Really? And here, here's why. And this is what I laid out in my piece. Because it's a road win. Partially. It's a road win on in the ACC. This is a that was a classic trap game too for Syracuse. Yeah. Like already looking ahead to Notre Dame and Louisville's not a trap game. I don't care what anyone says. Louisville's Louisville, too bad. To Louisville be a trap is game. worse than Kansas and Rutgers. I'm willing to say it. Yeah, they're, they're worse than both. They're of the both. worst Power Five team, maybe right now out there. Yeah. They're that bad. It's gone that bad for Bobby Petrino, but we're not even going to talk about Louisville at all because we don't need to. No, they're going to win that game. So, There's no need to worry about that. And Which it's... Dino Babers would just christen us <laughs> if he knew we were doing <laughs> right, this. Right, right. Just christen us. But this he is probably di- doesn't listen to the pod, though. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> Maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah, Alan Griffin listens open. to the pod. Oh, so, that's, that's true. That is huge for the program. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe he'll listen to our basketball preview. Yeah. So, Dino Babers... This is his most underrated win since coming to Syracuse, in my opinion. It's set up to be the perfect trap game. You're on the road. You're coming off a big win. You're ranked. I mean, is would it not be such classic Syracuse fashion to get ranked and then choke it right it back be. away? Yeah. But no, instead, they're all the way up to 13 in the coaches and in the AP poll, it's which so is absurd. It's so crazy, man. It's and so crazy. I was thinking, like, okay, they're going to be, like, 15. A right? lot of teams 15. lost, though. A lot of teams lost, but... 
they jumped a lot of teams. Yeah. <laughs> you go in the coaches poll, they went from 22 to 13. In right. The, and or no, in the coaches they went 24 to 13. AP they went 22 to 13. And for me, I think that the college football playoff really helped that seeing that the the college football playoff committee, aka the only thing that matters. Yeah. comes in and puts them at 19. So they automatically big. bumped up three spots to five spots in everyone else's mind. And yeah. now they catapult all the way to 13. Anyways, I'm getting way off the rails right here <laughs> in explaining why this is Dino Babers' most underrated win. And they're going up against a Demon Deacons team that just destroyed Louisville. Destroyed them on yeah. the ground. Almost 370 Maybe underrated in, in a sense going into that game. Wake Forest yeah. was a little bit. And I believe Wake Forest was an underdog in that game. Yeah. Against oh, Louisville. Yeah. Oh, and the Louisville, Louisville game? Yes, which okay. is just dumb. They're yeah. either, Louisville uh, being favored over anyone is yeah. really dumb. But, hey. but they went in, they almost ran for 370 yards on the ground. And if there's one thing that's killed Syracuse this year at times, it's when they can't shut down the run. They shut down the run against Louisville, held them to just 100, about 160 yards. And to me, that was super impressive, given all the different playmakers that the Demon Deacons had on the ground to be able to contain them. And, I mean, remember last year when the Demon Deacons just ran all over Syracuse? I don't know what the that exact numbers so were, awful. but it yeah. all came in the second half, too. It was Matt Colburn, and they had the, the quarterback, too, whose name is— Wofford. Is, yeah, exactly. Right. John yeah, Wofford. He was really Wolford. good. Wofford. Wofford. Sorry. Um, Wofford's the team that beat UNC in basketball right, last year. Exactly. Go Terriers. Yeah. They're but, playing them in the opener, too, so that could be another oh, uh, really? trap game for UNC. Hmm. All right. we'll it's a revenge our, game. We'll keep our eyes peeled for that. Yeah. But— the, what they did, too, is just they bottled up the run game, and they've done a pretty good job of it these last three games now, including UNC, NC State, and Wake Forest. you got a nice, nice little uh, North Carolina stretch. Yeah, I know. Seriously. They but, do that. They go down early 10-0, and I'm, I, I thought to myself, too, Wake Forest is scoring first in this game. Yeah, I, I felt like that was a so pretty when they're down thing. ten nothing. Are you thinking I'm we're going to see Tommy DeVito? I thought they were going to thinking it. I wasn't thinking it right away, but I said he he he's going to play in the first half if yeah. Dungey doesn't get his you know what together. Right. I mean, he was zero for five at one point. He in didn't the get entire... a, so he didn't get a first down in the first three drives. The only first down they got was an eleven yard run on first down by Dante Strickland. That was the only first down they got on those first three drives. Everything else, I mean, Devi- or rather, Dungey looked terrible yeah. in that first drive. He didn't look great, but he did enough to win for the entire game with his legs and then making some big throws down the stretch as well. But this is the the classic thing of Dino Babers and his favorite saying: "We want to be consistently good, not occasionally great." And that's exactly what twenty eighteen is his favorite been. saying. It is his favorite <laughs> saying. It, it, he's got a lot of sayings. But that is his favorite setting. By the way, if anyone saw the the thing about the snakes, what was this after UNC? Oh, right, right. That you was asked my that question. question. That was my yeah. question. And we can thank you for that. I, I was just I've never been more <laughs> just had my mind blown. Yeah, what did you even I think? I asked about the twenty seventeen recruiting class and he goes on a rant about some dude who kills three snakes. <laughs> like so, what, were you like, oh, okay, I got like a good response, or were you? No, like, I was he just didn't like the question. You, he dodged that question like a pro. <laughs> he that was a complete dodge. He's pretty good at dodging. He's so questions. good at dodging. Um, but yeah, so th- this is being consistently good is going on the road and being right. a Wake Forest team that you are miles better than, but could potentially upset you because it's on the road and they can exploit your weakness that 
has lost you two games, quite frankly. I mean, I guess the traditional thing is trap games are usually the day, the game before you're playing that Notre Dame-caliber team or that elite team that you're looking ahead to. But I still think this qualifies. And the way they started the game, we touched on it a little bit with Eric Dungy, but going down 10 nothing, I think everyone was thinking, yep, this is a trap game, and this is a, going to be a classic Syracuse loss right after they get ranked and so forth. The biggest thing for me and the biggest takeaway from this game is not only did they do a good job defending the run, but they established the run game right. on offense. Dante made this, Strickland's looks sneaky good Yeah, lately. and I think Dante Strickland's gone from overrated or maybe, you know, a little I don't too, think he was ever overrated. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say overrated, but at this point I think he might be underrated because he's a good pass blocker, A. He's yes. a better pass blocker than Mo Neal, and people don't give him enough credit for that. And B, he's... Pretty sure handed out of the backfield, can catch some screen passes, and you know what you're getting with him. He's consistent. I've always said that. He's not going to be a home run hitter or a home run threat like a Moneal, but at least you know what you're getting. He's consistent. 264 yards, though, on the ground. That's tremendous. Obviously, the five touchdowns is one of the best performances in the ACC, I think, this year in terms of rushing touchdowns. So that's really good to see. But I'm more impressed with the 264 yards because – they're going to need to establish that they have two dimensions on offense if they're going to want to beat a Notre Dame or win a bowl game against a top-notch team. You So, actually, I'm just going to save this point for when we talk about bowl games. All right. Let's just talk about now how high can this team get because 13 is just unbelievable yeah. right now. And for, for you and I, again, Kentucky is slotted, I believe, one spot ahead at 12. And I got to say— I think what Syracuse has done is more impressive than Kentucky because, and and here's why. With Syracuse, they don't have that star on their team. You may say like Eric Dungy's the star, but he hasn't looked any like. I mean, he yeah, hasn't he's been wowed you this year. Yeah, he hasn't wowed you like he maybe has last year. He wowed you in the NC State game, right? But outside of that, I mean, Clemson, he wasn't great. We've talked about it at length in the first three or four games. He's going against not that great of defenses, right? But meanwhile, Kentucky's got Benny Snell, and what Benny Snell can do, and what the running back position in general in college football can do, is it can win you games. I mean, look what. Wisconsin did with Jonathan Taylor. Look what Boston College did with A.J. Dillon. You can win games with young running backs. And I think Benny Snell, what he has done is phenomenal, and he has carried that Kentucky team to the ranking that it is right now. And that's why I think Syracuse is a little more, it's a little more impressive because it's team-dimensional. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, I think Kentucky was set to be a ranked team at some point this year. They've overachieved to get all the way to nine or get inside the top 10 at one point and inside the top 15 where they are right now. And they played a tougher schedule than Syracuse coming from the SEC. If they played Syracuse right now, Kentucky would probably be favored. But I think your argument, and I agree with it, is that what Syracuse is doing is they're overachieving more than Kentucky is this season. Syracuse was not supposed to be ranked at any point. And if we had played this game of how high can they get last week at this time after they beat NC State, I probably would have said 13 would be the ceiling. And here they are, 13 after just beating Wake Forest, and they got lucky that a lot of teams lost. But now, I wouldn't have even said 13 was the ceiling. I would have said 15. Yeah, I mean, it, I was thinking, like, okay, if they if they beat Wake Forest and beat Louisville, some other teams are bound to lose. So then, oh, I, okay, I thought you were talking about by the end of the week. 
Oh, no, no, no. By, okay, by, okay. by the time you get to, say, a Notre Dame, because I guess so you're, you're talking looking about at heading that into Notre Dame, what was the ceiling? Right. I would yeah, say, say 13. Like, now it's like 10 or 9. Yeah. I mean, which is wild. If it's a top 10 game, and I know it's slated at 2.30, Yankee Stadium, obviously it's an NBC game. It'd be cool if they could flex that in some capacity and I make mean, that it, is the best game of the week. Yeah, it, it will be the best close. game. And, you know, there's nothing that's going to change that. I don't know who Notre Dame has this week, but Syracuse is going to beat Louisville and only rise, if anything, in the rankings. They'll probably be 11 or 10. One team's bound to lose, you'd have to yeah. think, and maybe multiple teams. It might be a top-10 matchup or something. I haven't looked at the schedule yet, so I don't know what's going on right. in college football this upcoming week. But Syracuse will almost all but certainly move into the top 12 after this Louisville game, assuming they just don't colossally botch, which I think you and I are both heavily assuming they won't. But in terms of how high they can get, they're going to give Notre Dame a good game. I'm not saying they're going to win. They're going to give Notre Dame a good game. And that's just, to me, it's not even a question. It's going to be close. And it's not even that Syracuse is this uber good team. It's just that's the way Notre Dame plays. Look at that Northwestern game from yeah. ten point from game. Saturday. It was it was a ten point game, but it was tied at halftime, I think. Right. And all these games that they play, and they're always so close. Pitt played them really close. Yeah. Pitt and that played was them in uh, South Bend. Virginia Tech played them close for the first half, and then yeah. they stepped on the gas in the second half. I think they've only blown out like one team this year from start to finish, and it was Wake Forest. Right. And you know, Wake Forest is not not nearly as good as Syracuse. That was proven on Saturday. Notre Dame has Florida State this week, just for anyone that was wondering. It's probably going to be a win for them. Florida State obviously has been a train wreck wreck and a a disappointment. But where Syracuse is not having a good day. He's not having a good year. Not if he wants to. No, uh, not at all. He wants to, but he's not having one. Where we're at right now is it's a legitimate question as to whether Syracuse is the second best team in the ACC at this point. Obviously, Clemson's number one. And when I look at the Coastal Division, and it's a shame that Syracuse isn't in the Coastal just oh, this man. year, because <laughs> if they didn't have I Clemson, love how Dino Babers loves the ACC Atlantic, too. Yeah. He always talks about, I love playing in the ACC Atlantic. <laughs> and he says Atlantic with that. He he hits all the T's. Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, he's it's the he toughest division in college football. It is. I mean, there's really no argument against that. It's one of the toughest divisions, if not the toughest and where Syracuse is, we've talked about this a little bit off air. They're two fourth down plays away. Well, they're one fourth down play away. Well, if you if you're talking about just getting the ACC championship, yes. Right. If they get that fourth down stop against Clemson, whatever it was, fourth and short when Clemson fourth was and, driving, yeah, fourth and sixth, fourth and six, or which no, is not. Well, I guess yeah, two fourth down plays away because there's there were two in that game. So oh, that's you, right. So yeah. You are right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and obviously it's a backup quarterback, and that was like the only time they threw on that drive. We all know the story. If they get that stop, or if this Cody team, Conway is at yeah, the line of scrimmage, yeah. If this team, this team's firmly in control of the Atlantic Division, and even if they lost to Notre Dame, that's an out of conference loss. Right. So that they means would, nothing. they would control their own destiny and likely be in the ACC championship, which would likely get them into. One of those New Year's Day bowls for sure, and at the very least, be in the college football playoff conversation, which is wild. And I know you can make the argument, well, they should have lost to UNC, and yeah, yeah they should have lost to they UNC. They should have lost to UNC, but that just kind of evens it out. Like right. it's, Syracuse still maybe gets in that way, too. One thing about this whole thing that's crazy to me is the fact that 
you look at the coastal, and I don't think they're on the top anymore. But Virginia was leading that division, yeah. and still has a chance to win that division, I believe. Yeah, and we're looking at potentially one fourth down play away from Syracuse representing the the Atlantic. Those two teams had the two worst odds Virginia to win and Syracuse. the ACC, yep. and they almost met up in <laughs> That's the ACC championship game. They are one play away from potentially meeting up in the ACC championship. Right. And Virginia, that's insane. That's it's so crazy. It's like all the basketball schools have been good this year right. in football. And Duke, the coastal, Kentucky, Virginia, Syracuse. Yeah, the coastal's so puzzling because I just feel like every single one of the teams in the coastal division is the same skill level, and they're all going to be like five hundred at the ACC end of the year. Starting to turn into the Big Ten. Is everyone just going to start beating up on each other now? Like it there's might, not going to be there's not going to be some Big Brother anymore. Yeah, I mean, granted, we do have to factor in. Like, there is a case to be made from an outsider's perspective that when they see Syracuse football at 13 and they look at the schedule so far, really the only game you can't do this about is the Clemson game because they played them tough. It was Death Valley. I don't care if it was a backup quarterback. That's impressive regardless. Look at what Clemson did to Louisville this past Saturday, scoring 77 points. They are, like, number one in the country in scoring defense and number five in scoring offense. And right up there, it's them in Alabama, one and two in the country, and everyone knows that. But there's a case to be made that it's kind of a fluke that they made it all the way to 13, and and they probably mm-hmm. aren't as good as that ranking indicates. And this is a down year in the ACC and all that. I don't really care, though. It's still incredibly impressive yeah. what Dino Babers has done. I don't care if it's a fluke or not. The fact that you can see a 13 by Syracuse's name, and you'll probably be able to see an 11 or a 10 next week if they take care of business going into Notre Dame. There might be a single-digit number there. Right. It might be two single-digit numbers. If I see that, then I might faint. I don't even know what to think. (laughs) It's just wild, because their over-under was five and a half going into the year. Yeah. It's insane to me. And I think the thing that people aren't really thinking about either Syracuse is going to be Clemson's best win heading into the college football playoff. Yeah. <laughs> Syracuse is going to be Clemson's best win. I guess at Texas A&M, you can make a case. You can make the case for that one, but Syracuse, I think they're rated higher than A&M right now. Yeah, A&M's not even rated, I don't think. It's Did just, they lose this week? Um, I believe they lost this yeah, week, Yeah, they actually. lost. I can't remember who they played. I think they did lose, though. But I yeah. mean, it, the case is that it's the 12th man in Texas A&M versus at home, I guess would be the case. Right. But Syracuse is a better team than A&M. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Yeah. So that's certainly interesting when it's all said and done that that's going to be the best win of the season for Clemson heading into the playoff. So prop, props to, to Dino Babers. He's Seriously. done a hell of a job with this program. Now you, you start looking into some of the interesting bowls. And before we even get into bowls right now, Tim Leonard, I just want to give my, my theory on bowls. They mean nothing. They literally mean yeah. nothing unless you are playing in a New Year's Six Bowl or the college football playoff. It, but but like, for the program of a caliber of Syracuse, I think everyone is yearning for to see them right, get a big-time bowl. It, like, it means is your, more. Is your season success dependent on if you win the bowl no, game? No, I, I, I really don't care if they win the bowl. I just want to— that's, that's the problem, though. Yeah, Why are we talking about this postseason— if you don't care if you win or I don't think a lot of fans would be devastated if Syracuse lost their bowl game. No, they just want to be like, oh yeah, that was the year. You don't say that you, was the year. You don't talk we about they won so and so. That was the year we made it to so and so bowl game. Yeah. And that's all that matters. You're right. No one really cares how the game ends. The achievement up. is getting to said bowl. It's not winning said bowl. Right. And that's why I think there's the whole problem with college football postseason because it's a huge a, lo- problem, a lot yeah. of people are playing for nothing. 
Right, and a lot of these future NFL prospects are just going to sit it out because they right. know ultimately That's not gonna it's be a just problem like with Syracuse, it's not like they're going on a business trip when they go to these bowl games and they're going with an objective that's like we're going to stay focused on winning we're going to game plan hard like yeah they put in prep yeah it means something yes you'd like to see your team win but at the end of the day like you said nothing. you don't remember whether they won or lost like i couldn't even tell you what happened in the 2013 texas bowl i they just beat know Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. But I, I just know that that's the last time they made it to a bowl. I don't need to know the last time they won a bowl game. That's not what we care about. It's when you get to the bowl and what type of bowl game you got to. Exactly. So, all right. Enough football. Time to transition to our bread and butter basketball, <laughs> even though it's the lesser ranked Syracuse basketball right. team that we're talking Is about. Is there right a, now. a universe where Syracuse football could? Finish the year, or maybe so I was going to ask you this: Are we going to see Syracuse football be the peaks of each team? Right, which peaks. will be higher. Yeah, which will be higher. So, I guess that comes down to: Will they beat Notre Dame? Because if yeah. if they beat Notre Dame, their peak it's a top becomes 10 team. five or six, maybe. I mean, oh, holy okay. cow! Yeah, slow, slow the no, brakes. No, I'm, I'm serious. If they go into that game and they're ten or eleven, and they beat Notre Dame, yeah, I guess so. I mean, maybe five's a little... Five's a little steep. Five's a little steep. Six, oh, wait, seven. Wait, wait. One thing real quick before we move into this. So, have you seen that account on Twitter? It's like Eliminator CFP, Yeah, I think. yeah. And it's they, like listing off the teams. There's like 13 teams left in contention. <laughs> yeah. And it's and like Syracuse all these... Syracuse is still in it. Syracuse is still in it. LSU's not in it. They have 57 followers. Why are people taking right, this? Yeah. Why are people taking the word of an account with 57 followers? And they're following like two people. Yeah. It's such a hoax. It's, <laughs> it's such it's a hoax. It's a fraud. So just want to expose them real quick. Yeah. No, um, I agree. I saw that today and I was like, oh, is this like a real thing? Yeah. Like college football playoff sponsors this? And then I pulled up the It's definitely one account. of those accounts too that has like, uh, the, they find like an emoji that looks like the blue check mark puts it in their name too. Oh gosh. <laughs> those, those are awful. In their bio or whatever. <laughs> Talk about frauds. Yeah. Holy cow. Bigger frauds than Florida State. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about the peaks for each of these teams, which will be higher at the end of the season. If, I think it. I think it. I think it'll be basketball still because I think Syracuse sneaks yeah. in the top ten, and there's no guarantee that Syracuse football sneaks in the top ten. So, yeah, it'll be basketball because Syracuse football is probably gonna. I mean, they're they're gonna be underdogs against Notre Dame. If I'm, you know, going to be underdogs against Boston College, too. Yeah, they probably will be. But if they were to somehow run the table, go 10 and 2, and they're going into that bowl game, you're probably looking at a Syracuse football team that's ranked number six in in terms of the end of the regular season if they run the table. Now, that's far fetched. And let's just take what 13 is amazing and, and what we have right now is already far fetched, really, to be honest. So. It's really ridiculous to even bring up that that should be an expectation or anything like that. But it's it's feasible that they could have a higher peak than basketball. And I guess a lot depends on how the basketball team performs in the non-conference. Because they're going to start around 16, I guess, is the AP poll ranking. Mm-hmm. So they'll gradually build their way up because some teams will lose inevitably. Yeah. I, I think that when it's all said and done, Syracuse basketball will peak into the top 10 at some point. But... I think a lot of it's going to hinge on what happens against Oregon. Yeah. Assuming that they play Oregon. Yeah. And they, they that should game, play Oregon. Yeah. And Oregon's by the way, really have you good. seen the Bowl Bowl highlights? No. He's unbelievable. He's unreal. Yeah. He's unbelievable. That recruiting class for Oregon yeah. is just stupid. Yeah. Like everyone wants to make all this talk about the Duke recruiting class. I'm sorry. The Oregon. Oregon has five guys in the top 
50. 50, yeah. yeah, in that range on ESPN. And then they've got another guy at like 82 or something. So you're talking about six dudes that could be NBA players. Like Not to wh- mention they bring back a ton of great guys. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think, too, that Dana Altman's a pretty good coach. Yeah, if it's not Oregon in the Pac-12, though, I think Hopkins and Washington— could win, yeah. the, uh, could win the Pac-12, which would be remarkable in yeah. his second year and all that. Good but, for him. I mean, you're bringing back Peyton Pritchard, too. You're one of your best players. So Yeah. No, Oregon's going to be a tough, Oregon's tough be a matchup. Ben, Hop's, but, yeah, Hop could totally take that conference, too. So. Yeah. This should have been year one of Hop. I know. They've got a big game in opening week. They're at, at Auburn on, like, Wednesday or Thursday. And Auburn's, mm-hmm. of course, like, 11th in the country. And I think Washington's 25. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into a couple basketball things for real here. Quincy Guerrier, not Guerrier, Guerrier, <laughs> Guerrier, as Tim has told me. He, yeah, he committed in French. Yes, he did commit in French. <laughs> Which is that happened? Unbelievable. He's like a true Sy- Canadian. Syracuse is is just a, like a true French Canadian, I should say. Yeah. I guess Syracuse is the rest of the world's team. I mean, look <laughs> at look at where they're getting these guys from. Marek, yeah, Marek Brahma is from Mali. Yeah, I that's mean, so true. They've got a lot they, of global they are, reach. They are the world's team. Yeah, essentially. Like the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys are America's team. Syracuse basketball is the world's team. Which is a great thing to have. I mean, there's a lot of talent all across the world. Mm-hmm. And obviously a lot of those guys I mean, go under the radar. Yeah. You can get the balls. Yeah. <laughs> so Quincy Guerrier coming to Syracuse. A little background on him. This guy is just I, I, I can't believe he's flown this far under the radar. And it's kind of crazy to me to see a guy, class of 2020, like Addison Patterson, getting all this love. Yeah. And he's like a consensus top 20. I don't know if it's consensus top 20, but he's like a top 20 commit by certain places. Mm-hmm. And he's getting all this love. But meanwhile, a guy like Gary Ayer is only a top 50 in one recruiting service. And everyone yeah. else kind of like is, has him outside the top 100. The disparity always alarms me because... I tend to side with the top 50 as opposed to outside the top 100 for yeah. the reason that if, if you're an international prospect, it's probably because the, like ESPN or whatever isn't going to go watch That's you. been a thing on ESPN forever. Like right. They just don't give international prospects as much love. And that's if you go back and look at their recent classes and the rankings and how they've shaped out down the road, you can see that. Yeah, and ESPN isn't the greatest with recruiting either. No, I, I mean, think they still have. 7 Sports is putting like all their resources towards <laughs> yeah, recruiting. Exactly. They're they, a recruiting recru- site, exactly. so I trust them more. So, but yeah, so he's a top 50 by 24 7. He's now the top rated recruit in Syracuse's class. That includes Bryson Goody. Is Goody. he the best player in the class? I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Where are we? How would you rank him? I think Gerard's three. I think Gerard's. I and think I we love have the Gerard. same four. Yeah. I th- I, I mean, Bolajak is going to be four. Right. I think that's the easiest decision to make. So it becomes, is he better than Goodine? Or, or where? how do you stack those two up? And I guess they play different positions and so forth, and it's still early. But I think he's got more potential, and he's just going to be a better player year one. But Gary Air, to me, he's he's got such a diverse skill set, and he's gonna he's super athletic, first of all. He can shoot it. He can shoot. Yeah. He can shoot the three really well. He's like... Imagine O'Shea Brissett with a three-point yeah, shot. Yeah, he's a better shooter than O'Shea he's, right now. And right. O'Shea's improved his shot, and Clearly, believe me, yeah. I'm all in on his improvement with the three and how, how much that helps this game. But Gary Ayers a better shooter. That's just a fact. Gary Ayers, he's a great shooter. He's good on the offensive boards, has good footwork. So I'm pretty excited with what he can bring to Syracuse in 2019. They're, they're, that 2019 team, if O'Shea comes back, 
it's going to feel a lot like this year where yeah, a he's lot that of one options. piece that you bring him back and everything's going to be all right. But right. Th- this is going to be a, a good recruiting class. A bunch of guys, too, that could be there three, four years. Oh, yeah, that's well, that's so. the best part about this class. It's a ton of four-year guys and a ton of guys that are going to make an impact on this program. Maybe you get an Isaiah Stort, which obviously takes this right. class to another level, and you want to get him, but he would be a one-and-done type guy. And I think what we've seen in college basketball is getting a class like this with four players that will stay for four years or at least three years or whatever it is might be better than just getting that one one-and-done in a class and then not much else around it. Yeah, so there's going to be some flexibility now with Syracuse. You maybe think about bringing in one more guy, but I think if they strike out on Isaiah Stewart, you're probably They're set. probably done, yeah. They're probably done. They've, this is maybe already you a good get class. one more guy, but yeah, I think you got to be pretty happy with what you've got. Isaiah Stewart, you want to talk about him real quick? He's not going to come, I, I don't I'm, think. I don't have a good feeling that he comes to Syracuse. No. Um it's looking like Michigan State's probably the leader in the clubhouse yeah. right now, but he's deciding between a handful of schools, Michigan State, Duke, Syracuse, Washington, Kentucky. I will say, if he comes, this is one of the best Syracuse basketball well, recruiting classes everyone, in my lifetime. Everyone gets all pissy and stuff about Baisley. Yeah. Isaiah Stort's a higher-rated recruit than Darius Baisley. Yeah. He's, he's number five, five, right? Yeah. yeah. He's number five. He'd be the highest-rated recruit since Carmelo Anthony. And that, to me, is just—I mean, this takes this class from being great to elite. Like, you're yeah. talking about a top-five class in the country. Yeah, no, Because you've got five bodies coming in, which is unreal to begin with. Like, right. five is a lot for a recruiting class. And then including a top-five guy, a top-40 guy, and or a top-50 guy, and then a guy in Bryson Gooding who— he could, for all we know, he could explode for another year because he went from being like 150-ish to in the 60s. Yeah, he's been steadily climbing. He, he made a huge improvement when he played AAU ball. Yeah. So. And no, if they get Isaiah Stewart, the FBI is knocking on Jim Beheim's door and they're like. I wouldn't well, say they're, they're, they're not well, going to knock on I Jim Beheim's yeah, door. Yeah, but like, like I'm saying it's an outlier of a class. And a lot of that has to do with the infractions from the NCAA. But that just proves like. Jim Beheim can still recruit. Right, if they exactly. get Isaiah Stewart, there's none of that talk can be made because that I mean, he's is a, he's a, a local nationally kid too. great class. Yeah, Rochester. So, uh, no, I I won't say that that's going to bring any scandals about that. The NCAA is no, it won't problems. bring scandals, but it's it's going to be a, a tremendous class if they get him and if they just stay with the four guys they have right now. I think it's a good class. All right. Anything else to get to? No, nah, man. I'm ready for basketball. I'm ready for basketball too. <laughs> even the, even though the, so <laughs> the thing with the with Syracuse football, I was going into this year, I was like, all right, just Syracuse football just needs to hold off and get us to Syracuse basketball season. And now it's like, it's weird that it's is not. It weird? Yeah. I don't, I'm not even like, it, it just kind of hit me like, wow, there's a Syracuse basketball game this weekend. Right. I don't, I don't even know if I care. I, it's it, so weird. Eastern it, this Washington hasn't happened in 10 or 15 State. years. Yeah. That it, it got us to Syracuse basketball, and I don't know if I'm I'm ready to make the switch yet. And not to mention, this I is— I think at halftime of the UNC game—or, no, end of the third quarter of the UNC game, I was ready to make the oh, switch. Oh, yeah, it was basketball season at, at during that UNC game for How many times has it switched from being basketball season—or, like, is it basketball season? So was it basketball season after Pitt? I don't think so. Because they were still, you know, going into the Pitt game, they were receiving votes and all that. 
It was basketball season, halftime of UNC for sure, or at least first quarter and then fourth quarter once UNC was in control of the game. It was definitely basketball season. It was basketball season after Pitt. It was basketball season during the bye week. It was ba- or it was football season again at halftime of UNC. Yeah. Then it was basketball that was such a season weird game. Yep. at the end of the third right. quarter. And then it was football season again So at the start of overtime. Or actually when Tommy DeVito came in. It was, right. <laughs> it was football season <laughs> yeah. again. And right it, at that moment. It's been football season since. It's so. so good to see, though. I mean, the fact that they have – this could be, in terms of basketball and football – they might be in as good of a spot as any other school in the country right now in just how good one team is and how good the other team is and how both of them are nationally ranked. And then, I mean, women's basketball, like really the entire athletics program is doing this, very yeah. well. Syracuse Athletics is peaking right Props now. to them. All right. Let's get out of here, Tim. We've got a basketball podcast to record. Let's do it. All right. It's still football season, though. <laughs>